0: Now listening to the Table Talk podcast with Dan and Tom. Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Table Talk. Uh, This episode this week is going to be a bit jam-packed because we've had a lot going on in the Bristol area. Also, we're going to be talking about England versus India, the second test, and have our thoughts about that. So listen along, enjoy it, and we'll go from there. Yes, hello, Dan. Amen. Only because not someone, not, not like a fan, but someone had a bit of feedback on the old podcast. Yes. Someone said the intro, I sounded really sad.
1: You did sound no, very no. sad. <laughs> I reckon this is a good way to start this one as well. Just let everyone know how sad you are.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm happy as anything. I'm buzzing, but obviously... We've got some business to talk about because yes, like I said to you, like I said to you, it has been a mental week I think it's been a mental week
1: yeah, it has been a big for
0: week. both Bristol clubs both Bristol clubs are very uh turbulent at the moment, should I say but yeah, we will start with the one and only Bristol off city so. Tell me about it.
1: Um,
0: Watford six, Bristol City now. Yeah, currently lying thirteenth in the table now.
1: Getting pulled down the Must wrong end of the table. Four fourth away defeat in a row. It, it is the fourth away defeat in a row. Oh. Uh, I'd say probably the worst, if not one of the worst performances I can remember under Holden or Johnson. Um, I mean.
0: Obviously, on Saturday, I was doing a little bit of housework, a bit of painting, and then someone texted me, and I was like, have you seen the city score? And I was like,
1: what? And I went on the city score, and I was like, oh, dear, oh, dear. It's been a couple of days now, so I'm, I'm, I'm not over it. I'm still very, very, very upset. I feel quite sad, to be honest. What's your
0: thoughts around, what's your thoughts around it, then? What's, um, what was the would feeling of just the whole game? Obviously, from your point of view.
1: Right. My first thought is it doesn't take a genius to work out that Watford are very good and have some very good players, but they've been on bad run of form. But the main thing for me is that you're going up against Watford, who have on the right wing is Lissar, who tore apart Robertson, didn't he? Heck of I a think.
0: heck of a player.
1: Heck of a player. He tore apart Robert, Andy Robertson.
0: Are you going to tell team. the listeners what that means, though. Plur.
1: Nah, mate. They'll know. They'll know. But, <laughs> but it doesn't take a genius to work out how good he is. So we decided, in our infinite wisdom, to play an 18-year-old on his league debut at left wing back. And yeah, I read that. I read that. Yeah, too, that more isn't it. Uh, Riley Towler was left wing back and Taylor Moore oh, was centre-back behind him. But Taylor Moore is someone... somebody who is short of confidence. I think it's fair to say he's did not... You,
0: did you play three at the
1: back? Yeah, went to a back five. Oh, wow. which we, we played in the week against Sheffield United, so that's, that's understandable, I think. But um, yeah, Towler, I don't think he actually did much wrong, but you're up against... Sar, everyone knows how lightning quick he is. And then within, like I think it was a minute and 30 seconds... The ball's in the back of the net. I think it, I'm not sure if it was an own goal, like still, it looked, it might, I don't think it probably should have gone down as an own goal, but Taylor taking a big deflection off Moore has been tapped home. And then that kind of just set it from there. We didn't get going at all at any point in the game. Um, They were fortunate with a, Will Hughes had another deflected, he had a deflected volley that went in. And I think their last goal was offside, but honestly, no complaints for me there. Like, they deserved everything they got. I don't think I've seen such a bad performance.
0: This is my question for you. Slightly worried or not?
1: Not worried, but more worried about that end of the table than I am hopeful of the other end of the table now. I think, we'll, I think we've got enough to stay up, I do, but mainly because I don't think Holden would will still be in the job if we get close to going to that end, I think... The board will act quite quickly. Look, I think,
0: I think for me, I mean, the overriding thoughts about the appointment was was like, like, like we said last week was about should should they have gone for the experience or should they have just kept it as it is? Because some people were saying that this performance was worse than like under the likes of Lee Johnson. Would you say that?
1: I mean, we we had a couple of bad games. I remember 5-0 to Villa around Christmas time a few years ago. I remember 5-0 loss to Preston as well. And we got thumped by Brentford at home last year. But I don't think I've ever seen... In all those sort of games, there was a reason for it rather than just being awful, you got the feeling. Whereas that on Saturday was just... There was no pattern of play, there was no structure. It was just appalling.
0: I mean, even you had like Brian Tinnon, who was uh, player manager of the academy.
1: Was he commentating on the game? Yeah, he, he was on co-commentary. And I think a few people have picked up on some phrases said by him. I, I didn't hear it myself. Um, a bit of colourful language, but he, you could just hear the frustration in his voice. And to be fair to Tins, like he got sacked um, when he was manager at the club in a similar fashion. I think it might have been an 8-2 or something to Swansea. And that was enough for him to lose his job. And it did feel like one of those games where if, at the end of it, you'd gone on Twitter an hour after yeah. and there was that photo of the corner flag that every club loves, you wouldn't have been surprised.
0: I mean, some of the memes I was seeing on Twitter, like I was sending you, oh, they were so funny. Not even from like a point of view of a Rovers fan, but I had to chuckle at some of them.
1: Mate, at half-time... I. Th- I wasn't even that like, angry at that point. I was just sat there, almost like smiling. Like, what have I just watched? Like four nil at half time and it probably could have been more. I mean,
0: we let... even do do you, do you think now? Because going to the back of it, I truly believe. Like we'll talk later. I still think COVID is making sort of not like an obstacle, but it's a bit of a problem. I think with performances in general the fact you can go away from home now or home from away and it's pretty much a neutral
1: ground i think it's an interesting one because normally you think like if if fans were in that ground and it had got to four and a half time there wouldn't be many fans in that ground then it would have been toxic no yeah and definitely I mean so I like think,
0: I said to you, like I said to you, losing six one at Accrington, I don't know how many Rovers fans would have traveled up on a Tuesday night about a hundred, but I'm sure they on oh, like Saturday,
1: Saturday in London for Watford, it oh, probably would have been a full away end
0: definitely yeah.
1: I think like it's an interesting on Holden said after the game he took he took off Towler at half time and he said it was to protect him, and you're almost sat there as a fan when you hear something like that, and you're like this kid's eighteen and on his first start, he's conceded four and a half and then he's been taken off like. It's not gonna. It's not gonna aid his development. That it's a learning curve, and I understand. Did you that.
0: see, off topic, David Moyes pulled on someone and then
1: pulled him off again? I didn't see that. I did. Yeah. I, but it's it is things like that where you're just like for a young player to get that sort of performance. If I th- I'm very happy, there wasn't a crowd there because I don't. I've been at Ashton Gate. I remember Bailey Wright, who was our captain at the time, getting booed off and we were only losing like 1-0 or something, 2-0. I can remember him getting booed off. But the one thing I will say is I said it to you, I think it was on our first episode after the 6-1, was, although that's worrying, the biggest thing that matters after a massive defeat like that is the next game. I think that's a test of a manager and we've seen it with Tisdale that we're going to come on to. I'm not sure he ever got he didn't have long, but he didn't get over that loss. Whereas I no. think Holden, Holden needs to respond, and as do the team, in a big way on Tuesday. Otherwise, there's going to be question marks. I
0: know you shouldn't talk about injury crises, but I truly believe that this is City's problem. And well, I I think, on current form, the way sort of injuries have been picked up, if you were to sort of have your full strong eleven. I don't think the result would have been as harsh. Maybe you would, would, would have got a draw of it. But, like I did see, the likes of Lansbury did start, Patterson and was it just an off day for them?
1: Lansbury, I actually... I don't think... I'm not sure he's the most popular around City fans at the moment. But, I didn't think he looked awful. I don't think... I think anyone who's expecting this defensive presence is in Cloud Cuckoo land, that's not what he's about. And he played some smart passes. He moves the ball at pace. Patterson, he's been back for a couple of games now and for me hasn't shown enough in those games. I, but he's been here long enough that we all know he's capable of producing that moment of magic. But on the injuries, I think you look at it, does Ismail Sar get round Jada Silva as much with that extra pace, that extra bit of awareness? Does it happen? Probably not. Is
0: Because in Holden's defence... I know it's a bit different for Rovers, but in Holden's defence, he's effectively a tinker man every week.
1: Yeah, he's, he's having to
0: he's, he's having to rearrange every so game. So much. There's no consistency, there's no continuity in the teams. And I saw
1: someone someone on Twitter was chatting about our central midfield, which is the one place all season we've had we've had options and it's almost harmed him a bit. It's where we've actually seen the closest to Johnson is I can't think of games where he's picked a consistent midfield three since Vyman, Backinson, and uh, Patterson at the start of the season. And look, we played Wednesday night and in there you had uh, Williams, Patterson and or Viner, I think it was, in a, back, in a midfield three. And for me, that's one of our better midfield, midfield threes. It's very well balanced. It offers defensive and attack. But you, then you come to Saturday and he suddenly is pulling Viner back into defence, probably his best position, but why is he playing in midfield field two days before? He's then, Williams is out with fatigue after the bloke hadn't played since the end of last season and then we play him two games in four days. Like, uh, There's questions over that. So I hope it's only fatigue. The club have still been quite quiet over whether it's what Holden said, but he also has been caught miming. People have said that he was saying on the... Uh, Pitch, they've seen him say, um, what was it? It's gone to the physio while holding his hamstring, so there's a bit of fear around that. And you're just like, he's managing with one arm tied behind his back, but how much of that is also down to him? You've got to ask.
0: So, Saturday, who do you have just to okay. end it all?
1: Well, we have in tomorrow night on Tuesday. Tuesday, and, I didn't think it was Tuesday. Yeah, we've I've, got Redding, it's
0: like, I thought it was Friday.
1: We've got Redding Tuesday, oh, and enough. on Saturday, we have. Got. Um, I think we're at home again. I think. Oh, Barnsley Saturday. Who would have just in th- Brentford. So th- thoughts.
0: Thoughts about those two games. You got. You got to fight back tomorrow. I think. I'd, I would have thought so.
1: Well, Reddin The game against Reading was on Sky last time, and we were. It was kind of our first almost stutter. Lucas Zhao pulled us apart, and I think it was three one, and our goal was offside. To be honest. So, but I don't. I, I genuinely feel a bit flat around it like, I don't see how we go and get a result Like I hope we do, I hope they prove us wrong but it's going to be a tough game they've, they're flying, they've had a couple of indifferent results but we all know Reading possess a massive threat I'll well, stand out
0: them this, year, this season they've sort of developed really well really stand out performances and it's interesting to see where this Reading team will end up
1: Yeah I think well, they were right up there for the start of the season and they've slightly fallen away now but that's more down to the teams around them like Brentford and Swansea I don't know where that, like especially with Swansea like they were a good side but I don't think anyone expected them to be that high up and then with Barnsley on Saturday like they've just gone and beaten Brentford on uh, yesterday's game so Crazy. it's typical championship where everyone's beating everyone but I don't think City don't seem to be in that category at the moment like we're just we are just kind of indifferent floating about and it has been like that for a while.
0: So, yeah, if we were going to move on to the lovely blue side of Bristol. Yes. So, big news. big news indeed. Four days ago, Paul Tisdale uh, was sacked from his position as Bristol Rovers manager after uh, just, uh, I think, not disappointing, just a fr- frustration, uh, frustrating sort of performance against Oxford uh, as that was 2-0.
1: Am I right in thinking there were a few comments in the post-match that haven't gone damn well?
0: Oh, wow. There was only one I sort of brought up. It was apparently he did the interview. He walked away and he said, I've got nothing in the box. But I think that's just a clear frustration. But like you said, we lost 2-0. Swindon game on Saturday was postponed in the most peculiar of circumstances. Uh, the fact that it could have been played on Sunday, but I think Swindon refused, which is incredibly frustrating, I think. Because especially the position that we're in, I mean, three points would have been massive. But yeah, uh, a lot been going on. <laughs> As you said, today was a whirlwind.
1: Well, Sam, before we go on to the rumours going around today, what was mm. your opinion on the second it is still? The right decision or Look, not really given a chance?
0: I, If it was not COVID-related, I think Paul Tisdale would have been fine. I don't know why, I just have a good feeling he needed time. Uh, how long did he have at Exeter? That just says it all. I mean, NK Dons was a blip, but you know what? I thought he talked well, but there was clearly flaws in his management and his coaching style. And I think the players are lacking so much confidence at the moment. And if Rovers were to appoint someone, you have it's not necessarily going back to basics tactically and technically. It's all about just instilling some confidence and some belief back in those players. To so know anyone can get a team, even from my own like background in coaching, you can develop a player, make them feel confident, make make them feel good. I think that was part of the problem. But it was interesting to say about the whole striker side of it because I was reading sort of this week that Rovers were going in for Jaden Stockley. So Jaden Stockley was really close to joining Rovers, but then he chose to go to Charlton and that just sums it up at the moment. Uh, I think if Tisdale got Stockley back, who he's familiar with, I think it'd be a different story. But fair play to the board. I think the board have got the right intentions for the club I believe it's, it's, you can't, it's almost like you're pinning like blame on each other where it's just about, let's just get back to how we were Tomorrow's going to be a tough game I don't think we've got a chance uh, with a high-flying Portsmouth team but I'd like to think not
1: um, On Portsmouth, Kenny Jacket. I don't think is at the game for the foreseeable future. I think he's had an no. operation. I think he's had, I've seen on Twitter, he's had an operation recently, mm. so I doubt he listens at all, but wish everyone around Portsmouth well with that. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. But on, back on Rovers, it's, the next appointment's massive, surely. It's got to be oh. the, one of the biggest around. You're in a relegation fight here.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very dogfight now. But I was impressed with the interview of the CEO. Uh, I thought the way he sort of conducted himself through the interview, knew sort of you know he wanted the best for the club, and some CEOs sort of don't want that. But I mean, you could have stayed with Tisdale until the end of the season. You know, you probably knew what was going to happen. I mean, it was a big call, cool, but you don't know what what went on. But yeah, like I said. I always love to talk about the next manager. And for me, obviously, Joey Barton's been linked
1: quite heavily. What's your opinions on that? I think it's a very interesting name to be around there.
0: For me, the name's knocking about looking at like a little report today. Was Nigel Atkins?
1: It's an odd one with Nigel, isn't it? Yeah. He's a CV that's very mixed. Yeah. I don't feel like he's ever done an appalling job anywhere but he's never No, recent so, years he's not been some, as impressive
0: someone said like would it be a risk to him to go into getting a relegation on a CV I well, think, I think yeah. for any
1: manager the question's going to be there is a chance and a small chance or a big whatever that you could be managing a League 2 club by the end oh, yeah. of the year yeah, and,
0: realistic and pragmatic and look at the games ahead
1: but I just don't think the teams around are doing that well and that's my only belief I genuinely think if it was like the championship or the prem where there was only three teams heading down I'd almost completely think you were safe yeah with that extra slot it just adds that a bit of bit of excitement to it to be honest but the other news today was a link with um Oh, I've had an absolute stinker. I've forgotten his name. Help me out. What? does it. Darrell Clark. Daryl Clark. That's it. There's only one <laughs> way I remember that, and I'm not, I'm not going to say how I remember his name. On the pod. Um, but that has been squashed. That rumor with Darrell Clark joining. Oh no, I've had another stinker. It's not going well, is it? I'm not prepared.
0: So Port Vale.
1: Port Vale. He's joining Port, Port Vale, vale
0: but from... he was he was heads on. I think people were going mental on Twitter as like a, a lady commented on the post was saying, "Love it if it was true," but she thought at Northampton. I think surprising how he's gone down because Port Vale are about eighteenth in League Two, which I don't know what's going on there. But he's,
1: he's struggled at Walsall, hasn't he? I think Yeah. I think, I think... it's not been an easy ride. I think his stock was so high when he was with you and I wonder if actually the performance of uh, Coughlin when he came in kind of pulled that down a bit because it showed that that squad was good and was capable of achieving that. How much of it was down to management and how much of it was down to just how good the squad were.
0: But yeah, I think if we just end it on Jerry Barton, I'm all for it. It would be a heck. I don't think he'll come. I think
1: he'll turn it down. I've always kind of... I know he didn't... He had a good first season at Fleetwood, didn't he, getting the playoffs? And then this season obviously didn't quite work out as well. There was a few rumours about some stuff said with Ched Evans that mm. kind of led to his uh, end of his time at Fleetwood. But I've always just kind of assumed his next job would be in the championship or maybe the top end of the league one. I think it'd be a very big call for him to come in, down into that dogfight down the bottom. But he might say- be like. Exact- He might be what you
0: need. You just need a bit of fight. And I know he's not the best character, no one admires him, but he he brings so much I think publicity and people like even on a commercial level, the fact you could have Joey Barton but like the board would the board put up with him I mean Tisdale was a character in itself. But
1: I have one last question surrounding it all then. We don't even know if he was available to you at the time. But I remember you saying to me, I think quite openly, when Tisdale was appointed, that you wouldn't... I think you wouldn't want Steve Cottrell at the time, you said. Uh, because of his associations with City. And I watched no. one out with how Shrewsbury are going. I know he's not... I know he's not there himself at the moment, but he's managing from hospital. Um, and
0: at the end of the day, you can't look, you can't look in the past. But, um, but no, from- come
1: on. Look, just humour me. Come on. Would you have... Looking back, would you appointed him now yeah probably Fair on enough. the current
0: on the way he's turned around shoes be 100 but i oh, don't think he, i don't think he would have gone to rovers nah,
1: who knows mate who knows anyway a bit of cricket talk anyway yeah let's
0: yeah. get our first our first sort of cricket talk
1: so england oh, is, right, then. england looks set day four has just no no day three has just finished here and england is pretty hours. set to lose the test match to be quite honest
0: they do indeed
1: um, Ashwin has hit a very impressive ton on uh, on, a, on a pitch that looks pretty. Poor. It, it looks pretty dire. I don't think it it's fair to. I don't think it's fair to just blame the pitch. When whenever India come here, we prepare green top seamers made for our own bowlers. But it's not. It's not a particularly nice pitch for England, is it?
0: I think the whole environment, especially going to India, like I said. Having the fans back in would have played a massive factor because you're looking at when are we going to have fans in the summer? It's, it's looking a bit more likely than it was sort of 2020. I think that would have had a considerable uh, factor on them, but you, you you just expected that of India. I think yeah. India.
1: I I didn't think England would win a test. No, I in thought India. we were going to get. Four nil to be honest. Yeah. So, but I do think that's almost. This might not be a bad thing this test because they. I think it's
0: almost. Well. I think it's almost seeing what you have in the squad, going out there mixing it about like having Mo. I thought mowing was very good. That corker of that ball to oh, Collie it was just incredible.
1: He's <clears> he's bowled well second innings as well. Like he's looked he's looked good. I think I'd like to see a bit more of him with the bat because that's what we all kind of rem- remember. The old Moeen for was his incredible batting. It was it was
0: interesting to see, obviously, from like a my coaching background, <clears throat> they sort of compared the the bowling technique of Moeen Ali from 2016 uh, to now when I was, was watching it. It was just fascinating how the commentators were saying that they preferred his 2016
1: style. I think... You look at it, he's, I think he's trying to get a bit more control and a bit more consistency in the way he bowls because he had tendencies to be quite erratic. And I think in limited overs cricket, you can almost get away with that because quite often your erratic balls are the one that's going to get you the wicket. But in a test match, you look at how the patience India have actually batted with on this pitch. Like you can I mean, just wait. All, all credit to
0: India. Uh, oh, like different. you said, Ashwin... I think the the thing with India is – I was I was having a little thought to myself was, you know how our country is mainly we've, – we've kind of invented the sports and we're not like an expert in all of them? Whereas, like, you go to New Zealand, their rugby's their main sport. India's their cricket. And you sort yeah. of – imagine if England's sport was primarily cricket, would you see – like a, a different
1: change in the way they play, but I yeah, think I it's think... just it is that thing of everyone in India. Well, not everyone in India, but a large majority of people in India want to grow up and play for India, and it's a massive country with some incredible I loved, talent. I loved
0: watching that documentary with oh, what's his name, Hussein.
1: Yes, that's what he Yeah, it
0: was like. Yeah, in uh, Mumbai, and they had that pitch where there's, like, 20 games going yeah, on. Mate, it's, that it's just crazy.
1: As, just, a nation, as a nation, they're cricket mad, and you look at that team, like... I'm a big fan. I know, I know. sort of,
0: you, you shouldn't say it, but, like, Virat Kohli, as a character, he's just
1: everything you want. He's, um... He's something you don't get a lot of in cricket. I think he's very—he reminds me of Cristiano Ronaldo and that sort of slight arrogance. But it's almost—it's completely justified. When you're that good, he, why not be arrogant? Yeah.
0: He knows—he knows it.
1: And there, but there was a couple of bits today. I thought there was a bit where he um, got a bit involved with the umpire. You could say mm. right at the closer play. I don't know if you saw Joe Root when when Joe Root should have got out. He was um. Very plumb in front of the stumps, like, and it was. Uh, they I think they actually went out for a call behind, and it got it wasn't out because of uh, it was umpire's call on impact, and he got a bit in the umpire's face. And I don't know, it's almost like with Kohli, you kind of just sit back and you're like, okay, you can do that.
0: I think the thing. With England, though, to their credit, I do think they had a lot of missed opportunities to actually get Ashwin out. Yeah, I uh, think this is especially Stokes with, with Broad.
1: I think this. I think this is the I, thing that I thought definitely. This is the slight issue we have with um, we because we're playing the we're playing for the series, we're not playing for each test match, and we've clearly identified our best chance of getting 2-1 up in the series is probably by winning the pink ball test the day and night are coming up. So you've left out Anderson because you're concerned about his fitness. You've done best. You've left him out to give in a run. And I think that's quite an interesting call you've now got to make of who do you pick for the next test?
0: it would be a very interesting call.
1: Who would your gut feeling be at the moment would you go for? You know what? On current
0: form, I I like the look of Bess in the first series, the no, no, sorry, test, uh, but I think Moe's bowling. It it all depends on I think Bess edges him with the uh, with the batting. I think the last test, uh, the first test, I think England's batting lineup was more solid.
1: Yeah, it's odd because you've added mm. you've had Folks to it as well, and I think Folks is really. Uh, um, he, yeah,
0: I. That's that's a question as well, isn't it? About
1: I think he's, folks. he's throwing a I, massive a big, spanner. Yeah, in the works. Um, big he's fan keep, of is, folks. It's keeping so good. I think oh. my gut feeling would be, if there's a way you can get them both in the team with Folks behind the stumps, you probably should try to find it. But I don't. I think I think that's a lot easier said than done. But I, for me, Folks is so much better behind the stumps. Could you see the like of Jack?
0: Leach being dropped for Bess and mowing to come back in.
1: It's another one that I think's really difficult again because Leach hasn't bowled badly at all, I wouldn't have said. No.
0: He's,
1: he's consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get consistent overs and he'll take wickets. And yeah, he'll be expensive at some point. I think the other advantage you've then got is this, just the left armour. It's that bit of variation. Creates a bit of rough. As well, there's just little things I think that make him almost undroppable at the moment. There's definitely a lot more
0: potential than it was if you look towards because obviously it's going to come up the last Asher series. There's definitely a lot more potential in sort of developing young players and having the like of Archer as well is a massive factor.
1: Oh, it's, it's huge. You look at that last Asher series. Opening up we had um uh, Burns and oh Roy and yeah. Sibley Roy. and <laughs> Sib Roy. and Burns haven't had the best series, but you know they're both yeah. gonna get runs at some point. Definitely. Um, it's all have, about experience though, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. That's and what and I have, think. And to have Crawley and I mean, Crawley they can... and Lawrence that can both bat three as well. They could lose the series, for
0: all I know. But that first test and that win, I think, a massive confidence to, boost. To win in India
1: is <sighs> is incredible, and I think definitely. I think the series back here will be interesting, but we're a lot more suited to being over here as a side because if you've got Broad, Anderson, and Archer and Wokes in a bowling attack, and then Stokes to bowl a few overs, it's it's going to be horrible to face in England. But in I don't like it in English cricket, but you're always going to have one eye on the Ashes. Mm. And you've got that's, to say... Go. That's my
0: thinking already. Yeah, I know and it's, it's so
1: far away, but it's so long-term. and it's, it's probably not the best actual thing for cricket because a series against India should be as big as a series against Australia. But my gut feeling is, especially with that crowd in this test, it's getting you that bit more ready for what uh, Ashes Tour is going to be like. Because it's going to be hostile especially because they will definitely have crowds in, you'd think, in oh, Australia. Definitely. It's going to be... Would, would England have the Barmy Army over there? Would you reckon? They've, they've got a few in India. I did see on their Facebook. Yeah. They've got a couple over there. And it's just... It is just so good for the sport. Like it, Especially even when... The fact that this morning is, I was watching it and we're getting battered and you're still thinking, I'm happy to hear these guys chanting. and like They're chanting every time Ashwin got near the ball, they're going mental and you're like, you know What? Fair enough. Like. Yeah. It's, it's just it's good a... to hear.
0: But yeah, I think that that was an interesting sort of debate on the pod today.
1: I think so, mate. It's good, good one. Hopefully, we'll try and get something out when, what well, if, and when Rovers ever actually announce someone, we'll have a bit of a discussion about that. Maybe a shorter episode.
0: We will indeed. So, get get the plugs going again.
1: Yep. Uh, we are what on have Twitter. We got? Twitter at the Table Talk PO One, I think it is is the handle. Instagram at the indeed. Table the Table Talk podcast uh, on Instagram. Uh, please yes. drop us. Drop yeah, us. Yeah,
0: like, like, follow, retweet, whatever.
1: Do yeah. whatever you can.
0: Have, have a lovely week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Now listening to the Table Talk podcast with Dan and Tom.